Hi, and welcome to Real Track Talk. I'm Donovan D'Souza from The Long Ways Better. And I'm Mark Pybris from The Life of Pi. Welcome to episode 37. We have a Tassie special for you today. We're doing day walks in Tasmania. Hence why we're real track talk. Yes, <laughs> so we've been told off quite a few times that they don't have trails in Tassie, they have tracks. So that's why we are real track talk tonight. Yes, so we should, we're going to go back and replace all the old episodes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe just leave it for this uh, Taswegian special. Yep. Um, so the format we're going to run through, we understand that Tasmania is a very large place and it is probably nigh on impossible to do every single trail within yeah. a short amount of time. Definitely. Um, so combined between us, we have a good selection of tracks that we will be discussing um, and we'll go in one big loop around the island just to make it uh, geographically easy to follow. Yeah, starting with Lonnie and then working our way clockwise. <laughs> Yes, clockwise. <laughs> uh, still takes me a while, even when I'm trying to figure out which way to go, on a, or which way I've been on a hike. I always yeah. have to look up at the sky. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Donovan has done the Lonnie hikes. I will be doing them very, or some of them very soon. So we'll get started with uh, Douglas Aspley Gorge. Apsley. Apsley. Um, well, it's not quite Lonnie. It's just we're starting in Lonnie and we're driving a little bit together. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, so what was what was this gorge like? How does it compare to some of the other gorge walks, say, we have in WA? Uh, not as good as WA. So let's, you know, I think <laughs> it's a nice thing here. We can say we've got something that we do a bit better than Tasmania and that's yeah. our gorges are gorgeous. Gorgeous, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this is a lot of fun. So what I like about this walk is it's a full circuit. And you walk up through the forest and to begin with, you come to this pool in the gorge and then you walk through the forest up to the top and then you descend into the gorge and then it's a wild trackless walk back to the start, nice. which is pretty fun. Mm. So listen, I did, you know, a lot of scrambling and climbing up uh, to one side and coming down and going to the other bit of wading. Yeah, so it's a, it's a lot of fun. Mm. And what what type of uh, forest are we talking about here? Uh, so it's it's there's a few pines, but they're not the pines you see in other parts of the state. They're a bit drier looking, but they do have that kind of almost Canada esque pi pine look mm. mixed with dry sclerophyll forest, um, and the rock type is all dolerite, so it has that nice typically Tasmanian look about it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And then we'll move on to Freshenay. And Mount Amos. Yeah. You know, you did the slightly harder version of the usual walk here, didn't you? Yeah, so a lot of people do, you know, the loop to Fresenay Beach. Um, but we were persuaded to take the harder route, which is to go up Mount Amos. And from Mount Amos, it's probably the nicest view that you can get of the Fresenay Peninsula without hiring a helicopter or a drone. Mm. So, you know, this is a legitimate high vantage point down to... Wineglass Bay. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a spectacular walk. Difficult, very difficult. Wouldn't want to do it in wet weather, but it's a fantastic walk. And great opportunity to get your famous uh, Instagram shot. Exactly. Of Wineglass Bay yep. and that turquoise water. Exactly. It's uh, it's outstanding. It's you know it, it deserves to be considered one of the most beautiful beaches in in Australia, if not the world. I would love to come back here. Because there's there's just so much to offer, you know. There is obviously the the multi day there, but you know you can do the walk to Hazard's Beach and to 
wine glass mm. just do a short circuit and you know that's a walk that a lot of people have done instead of is really enjoyable so probably we'll do that next time i'm in the area i think we've got this uh got that lined up and i think it'll almost be on the flight there yeah um when when this airs so yeah a few more weeks and we'll have another few to add <laughs> awesome yeah um, so moving down the coast. Yeah, there's a bit of a gap here where we haven't explored between Fresnay and Tasman. And there are walks there. Yep. But we just haven't done them. No. <laughs> Again, there'll be a lot of one day or maybe in the future. Yeah, there's like there's Mariah Island, mm. which has some really awesome looking walks on there. Um, there's the Bishop and the Clark. That's quite popular there. Um, but yeah, that's for the future. Yeah. So we'll just talk about hikes that we have done. And next one is... Cape Hoi, which I've done technically done, but it's mm. as part of the three capes. So from Fortescue Bay, which is the popular sort of day tripping area um, around the Tasman Peninsula, you can walk to Cape Hoi, and it doesn't cost you anything. I think maybe except for your Tassie Parks Pass. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, so you can experience one of the three capes, which. If you're doing the three capes, you're not experiencing all three capes. <laughs> yep. Um, and it is. It's one of the probably the better coastal day walks in Tassie because mm. you do get the views back to Fortescue Bay, walking through some really nice forest which has some pines in there and then you do the Cape Hoi return leg so out to the Cape. It's quite actually quite hilly um, mm. up and down and a few people get caught out um, once they realise what's going on. <laughs> yep. um, but yeah, spectacular coastline. You've got the Dollarite pillars coming out of the ocean and the um, the famous totem pole yeah, yeah. climbing uh, apparatus. Well, I don't know, I guess you'd say pillar. Yep. Which um, I, saw, I read in the news the other day that someone had to be rescued because they'd fallen trying to get out to the totem oh, pole. Right. He like smashed two legs or something. <gasps> I think lucky it was a calm day because that would have been painful. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, beautiful walk and very popular as well. I mean, we were there on a, I think it was a Thursday when we finished and there was still masses of people. So yeah, well mm. worth the uh, the drive out there and there's plenty to do around that Port Arthur area. Yeah, for sure. Mm. And the other cape that you can do as yes. a day walk, which I think you can do all of them as a day walk, but um, Cape Pillar's a little further to go in one day, but you've done Cape Raoul. Yeah, so that's the, the one cape of the three capes that's not on the three capes. Yeah. Uh, and they've, they've recently done it up to three capes standard in terms of, you know, really quality track work and everything. I think that the walk there is a mix of good and bad. There's some nice forest walking at the start, but then it starts to become a bit of like, well, I want to see the coast hmm. and I'm not seeing it. Unlike in WA where most coastal walks are really open yeah but that being said the ending is outstanding when you get to the the dolerite cliffs mm. it's you know it's it's the classic tasmanian you know extravagance of beauty um and the you know the, the actual point itself with all the pillars going out to they you know they kind of uh, on like a bit of a descending line yeah it's really beautiful and stunning yeah that no, was uh beautiful from a distance i can imagine up close it would have been quite spectacular yeah and I, I like that they, as with the other uh, capes, that it's there's no railings, you know, get to a certain point. You can just keep going if you feel like it. Yeah. Which, yeah. <laughs> Which you probably shouldn't at, uh, at a certain point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but I don't think I've heard anyone kind of falling off the cliffs on any of the three capes. Or... I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's, you leave it sensible. Yeah, it's probably a bit like the um, Gloucester tree where no one's died. Yeah, <laughs> miraculously. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then we kind of, from the Tasman Peninsula, we move into the main city of Hobart and the Mount Wellington track area, like the circuits you can do through I was amazed when I went up there. Yep, yep. Just the variety and the way that they extend, like you can pretty much walk from the suburbs straight up to Mount Wellington. Yep, to the summit. To the summit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, because part of the the hike that we've both done, the organ pipes um, circuit, goes on the Lena Valley track, mm. which is where my partner's sister lives in oh, Lena right. Valley. I was <laughs> like, I had to drive all the way around through Hobart and then up the hill or up the mountain, whereas I think this track takes you to the edge of Lena Valley, which I thought was quite spectacular. Yeah, um, it's a fantastic walk. Yeah, the organ pipes themselves, mm. amazing. Mm. Um, and because driving up to the summit, you don't realize, like you think if there's walks in the area, it's going to be a bit noisy because of the cars and you're going to be able to constantly hear it or see a road or whatever, but you can fully immerse yourself out in nature on this yeah. track. And you're only, what, 20-odd minutes from the city centre? Yeah, they are really lucky because, you know, that standard of, of bushwalking so close to the city. Mm. It would be like if Bluff Knoll was just behind where Kings Park is. Yeah, <laughs> that's the analogy I use. I was like, just imagine they park Bluff Knoll, like, you know, 20 minutes outside the city. Yep. It just would blow people's minds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but in terms of the walking, it is stunning scenery because you mm. get the organ pipes themselves as you walk under them and then if you look to your right you've got the Derwent River Valley and Hobart and the port and the river it's amazing it's like I think the views from there it's like on one side you're getting sort of cradle mountain-esque kind of views Mm. and then the other side um, as a West Australian I always think it looks like Albany on steroids yeah (laughs) that's probably a good description of Hobart yeah Albany on steroids yeah and then you kind of, once you pass or cross over the road, you're into this kind of different forest mm. that you could be anywhere in Tasmania. Yeah. It's, you know, that good. And the scree fields, which I didn't oh, those expect are awesome. as well. <laughs> yeah. So it took me back to Tulbrun up, but on a flatter, you're kind of going with the contour yeah. lines rather than going up them. Yeah. Beautiful yeah. hike. And this is where I saw my echidna. Hey, awesome. <laughs> my first ever echidna sighting. Yeah. Um, so this has a special place in my heart. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And and they've got those old huts as well that are along the way, which are kind of cool historical yeah. bits of interest. Especially being like in the city, basically. Yeah. So imagine having like old huts where you'd stay in like Kings Park. It just, you wouldn't think about it other than them being like caretaker gardening huts. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, the whole area there, so you can do various tracks that go off all the circuits you can do is it the pinnacles track goes up to the the summit mm. and um the lost world track which i wanted to do but it was closed when yeah, I was it looks there. really good it looks very cradle mountain walls of jerusalem-esque mm. and you know just within a short distance of the city <laughs> yeah and there's a the f- couple of little loop trails that you can do on the summit but it does get quite windy and yep. touristy up yes, there yes you get the bus loads up there yeah moving on from hobart there's an area southwest of there called the Huon Valley, which I've not really explored, but you spent a lot of time there. You went a bit nuts with uh, the yeah. walks in that area. So after we did the three capes and kind of stayed around Hobart a little bit with Karis's family, 
I decided to have an extra week on my own and I targeted two places because I thought, you know, I don't want to be driving place to place like trying to get to Cradle Mountain and then, you know, somewhere near Launceston. I thought I'll stay in two places and make it easy. And yeah, this area had a lot of hikes that I really enjoyed. And just mm. the area itself is amazing because you're driving along the highway which goes along um, the Huon River and, you know, you've got little towns, you've got farms cideries it was just an amazing place mm. so the first hike that i did going out there was pelverada falls and it was it was an interesting hike um what i found with tassie hikes is they just kind of plonk you in the middle of nowhere and say here's the start of the trail and you like after a while it starts to get good but the start is kind of like this was just farmland you went through a little bit of forest and it went onto a road and you've got power lines going everywhere. It just kind of seemed a bit weird for a, you know, a good hike. And mm. then once you're into the forest, it was really awesome. There was a little bit of rainforest, some scree um, on the side of the mountain that you were um, going along. And then Pelverada Falls themselves actually quite tall. I think mm -hmm. it's one of the tallest in Tassie. And there's a little platform that is officially the end of the track, um, but you can climb down and then up the... Um, the rocks there which is quite dangerous i imagine when it's wet but i got it on a nice dry day yeah um yeah and then you've got like a little amphitheater um in the valley and it's quite cool it's like the three capes but on land because you've got all the dolerite columns rising up and they've got different heights and then you've got the falls cascading over which they weren't that um vigorous when i was there <laughs> um, it was more of a, a slight trickle but it was still cool yeah um yeah and a dog friendly hike which if you're close to uh hobart you can get out there and take your dog for a walk yeah awesome mm. and then moving on so i kind of backtrack a little bit because i did two hikes with karis's sister um karis and um karis's niece so we went out for the day we did Snug Falls um, first because that was on the way and that was just a little three kilometre down the valley to the falls and back. Um, kind of, yeah, again, starting in a pretty nondescript area but then once you descended down it got more rainforest and the ferns and that's kind of like that was my first rainforesty um, experience in Tassie away from the Three Capes so I was looking forward to doing that and spending a lot of time in that kind of terrain. And then the falls themselves, just a nice place to be. Like yeah. You just go down, you can sit on the rocks. And I think I've got a nice panoramic and it's got the falls. There's a fallen tree mm. in front of it and then just a lady sitting on the rock just admiring it. Mm. And these areas are a little bit off the beaten track. They're a bit obscure as well. So were they more quiet, not not with the tourist masses? Yeah, so Pelverada Falls, I saw one, actually no, two couples, one on the way there and one on the way back, mm -hmm. and then Snug Falls. There's actually quite a few families. It's a good family-friendly hike. Mm. And again, you can take your dog to Snug Falls, so there was a few, you know, just locals from yeah. Snug, the, the nearby town, taking their dog for a walk. But yeah, the gravel road up and down, um, yeah, Karis' sister did not enjoy driving on <laughs> I think we were going like 20Ks an oh, hour right. for the whole thing. Um, but yeah, fairly inaccessible. But if you know it's there, um, it's well signposted. So good hike. Awesome. Um, and then the second hike we did that day, which sadly has been affected by the bushfires that um, hit Tasmania in January and Feb this year. Mm. And that was Tahoon. So not 
officially there are walks there but it's not yeah, i wouldn't call it a hike um it's more kind of touristy loops around the river there and then you've got the air walk um which mm. i think only partially burnt down didn't look good though i what, think what they photographed that one photograph <laughs> i think is the entrance to the walkway which okay. was mainly wood i think the steel bit of the walkway didn't it survive but i think they're probably still gonna have to do a lot of uh engineering works on that to make sure it's fine yeah but yeah it's such beautiful forest and it like as soon as i heard it was on fire i thought no no no, don't hit tahoon because um, the views you get up from the air walk are just stunning like mm. the area around there has been logged quite significantly but the views you do get you can imagine what it would have been like um yeah way back when before mm. forestry tasmania took over and decided that area needed to be cleared yeah so comparing it to uh say the valley of the giants treetop walk how would you describe it um it has a better wow factor in the cantilever um section that they've got so you actually put out it's like 30 or 40 meters over the river oh cool whereas valley of the giants you're just wandering around i mean it's still impressive to be up in the carries um but i'd probably rate tahoon over valley of the giants a little bit more because of that wow factor yep and the fact that it's got a river there that you can walk around Mm. um so the second bit of the walk is the swinging bridges walk so you walk down the huon river and then across onto a little island and then um across the picton river which merges um just there and that was a really nice, again, rainforest walk. Saw another echidna. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that made me happy. And it just kind of adds like a little bit more to the day because it is quite a drive out to Tahoon um, from Hobart or, you know, wherever you're staying. So after after those walks, which one did you do next? Yeah, so this was my first full day of being on my own and I decided to do Mount Misery, which... Doesn't sound like the best hike, <laughs> but it turned out to be quite nice. Um, so it's just outside uh, Huonville, and I apologise if I'm butchering that pronunciation at all. It's I don't know. I've heard I've heard Huon, yeah. Um, but then um, Alyssa likes to really rub in like the bad pronunciation. It says Juan. Juan. <laughs> <laughs> I said, don't say that to people. Yeah. Don't embarrass me. Huonville. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, Huonville, we'll call it that from now on. Yeah, um, yeah so it's actually on a, a private bush retreat property. That's where it starts, and they manage it um, as part of the agreement with um, being in the rainforest there. And uh, it's probably best to bring a four-wheel drive or a, an SUV because the road up there was just steep and bumpy, and they actually give you warning signs like you have to stop and read cards, whether you like over which vehicle you have. And did you go in a vehicle that was suitable or probably not? Not quite. I was in a a Mitsubishi Outlander was my hire car. So I just put it into the four-wheel drive lock mode and I was fine. (laughs) I did lose half my coffee on the way up though. Um, But in terms of the walking, it's really beautiful rainforest to start. And from what they figure, it's about three or 400 years old, this section of rainforest from the last fire that went through there Mm. so really mature trees um lots of ferns and then it's constantly climbing up and then you hit the mountainy plateau i think it's like 600 meters above sea level and that section to the official summit it's okay you get some good views but compared to the rainforests i would rather the rainforest 
Um, but uh, you know, it's a good length, good views, good rainforest, and yeah, if you can make a donation while you're there, because it does cost money to upkeep and yeah. Um, and then from there, my second half of that day was the Hearts Mountain National Park. Oh, this is an area I really wanted to go to. Yeah, so yeah. this one I had ticked off as like a, yes, this is one I'm really, really looking forward to. And three days prior, it had been blanketed in snow. Mm-hmm. So I was really excited to get up there and just see if there's like a little remnant of snow. Because although I'd seen snow before, it's kind of, I've never seen it on a hike. I yeah. think it'd be a little bit more special. Um, so I did Ave Falls first, which is right near the car park for Hearts Peak. And that was just like a little one kilometer there and back to the falls. And you get, you know, they're nice falls and it's a good introduction to the area. So you may as well do it while you've driven up there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the big one was Hearts Peak, which I don't know. I thought the Tassie Mountains would be a little taller, not in terms of, a uh, height above sea level but the actual height prominence yeah, yeah. Um, because you only start I think it's about 850 or 900 metres above sea level and Hearts Peaks is only 1230 or 1240 above sea level so the first bit of the hike is basically almost flat or a slight incline um, through a little bit of forest and then you hit the alpine fields basically yeah it is yeah stunning like you've been in the alpine regions of Tassie and Everything's green and wet and mossy and you get all the button grass and the boardwalks just kind of put you on that little bit of elevated uh, ground so you can appreciate it all. And there's a couple of lakes or tarns along there that you can explore and they're quite nice. Um, and then you get into the real climbing. So a little bit steep, but then it's it's pretty manageable. And I had probably the perfect day to do it. It was probably 19 20 degrees sunny and no wind mm. so i didn't wasn't really battling the elements there and then yeah just um lots of rock scrambling and scree fields up to the summit where you get the cool views of uh yeah the southwest national park and all the wilder peaks out yeah. there so i think i was kind of i'd taken all the pictures and then i went back to the map later i'm just trying to like uh, fill them all in I think Federation Peak was the main one yeah oh you could see Federation could did see it look f- awesome um, it did like it was the one that had the bigger prominence but you kind of it was all relative because they were so far away that like right. just a little bit of elevation didn't seem that much from where you were yeah um, but yeah excellent views up there and there's Mount Snowy which is um, just below Hearts Peak you can see um, that that was quite a cool view did it live up to its name uh, Mount Snowy didn't, not that I visited there, but Hearts Peak had like the tiniest amount of snow, like <laughs> hidden in the crevices of the shadow face of the mountain. So I'm going to claim I saw snow. Yeah. It's a yeah, win. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then the next day I moved on to Southwest National Park, which is a little bit further south than, uh, Hearts Mountain and are taking in the very fringes. Yeah, because this is yeah. a huge park and some of the parts to the extreme southwest are extremely wild. Yeah, so this, um, I'm not really counting as like a southwest national park experience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was somewhat uh, tame. So the first one I did was Duck Hole Lake, which is, is a sinkhole, natural sinkhole, and it's created a lake within this rainforest. And it used to be an old sawmill tramway as well, so the path that you take is very flat and very open 
um, just mainly in the, the understory, the canopy is quite thick. And you get to see a few remnants there of, you know, old boiler plates, I'm going to guess, um, that have just been left there. It was quite a cool hike. Um, mm. Very, very lush. And I got good weather there. It was really cloudy. So, you know, everything looked nice in the photographs. And then the second part of that day was Adamson Falls, which was one of the wilder actual hikes that I did um, in Tassie because it was very muddy and after a while you just forgot that you had muddy boots. Yeah, that's the that's the Tasmanian way. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was, yeah, lots of tree roots to climb up and down. Um, very, just all of a sudden you come across a muddy patch and you're trying to figure out which is the bit that is fine that you can stand on and then you go to stand in it and your ankle's deep in mud. Yep. <laughs> So, yeah, um, but there's plenty to keep you distracted, like lots of mosses, lots of ferns, lots of fungi. And then the falls themselves is actually quite spectacular. I'd probably say one of the better hikes with waterfalls I'd been on in Tassie. Um, and it was it was three tiers. I got to the first tier. I didn't realize there was two other tiers because you couldn't see them. Cool. And the, uh, the hike or the path next to it to get up to there is really steep and it's not really defined. Um, you have to kind of grab onto the tree roots and whatever you can to pull yourself up. And I got to the second tier and I could see the third tier. I was like, this is awesome. I would have spent an hour or two at the waterfalls just photographing each one um, on the tripod and getting the filters out. And it was a really cool place to be. And I had that one to myself because it was so out of the way. You don't get many visitors. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just beautiful place and probably the best waterfall in Tassie that I visited which is probably... And you went to a lot of waterfalls. I went to a lot of waterfalls. There's a lot of falls uh, in the, the naming of the trails on my website. Yep. Yeah. And then that's pretty much it for that area. And mm. then I moved on to Mount Field National Park, which is an area you've also visited. Yeah, it's one of, one of the, I think, my favourite national parks there. And I think a bit underrated. It's not as spoken about as, you know, as Tasman Peninsula or Cradle Mountain. Yeah. But I think it's it's right up there. Yeah, indeed. And this is, what, an hour and a half west of Hobart. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a fair way out of the city compared to, you know, the south or Tasman Island. But it's still, yeah, as you said, very underrated. Yep. But the facilities there are actually, they've invested a fair bit with that visitor center. Yes, for sure. Um, and... We'll guess we'll start with the uh, the hike that begins there yes. and Lady Baron Falls circuit. This was actually Alyssa's favourite day walk that we've done there. She loved it. And I think if you love rainforest and tall eucalypts and waterfalls, then this is the walk for you. <laughs> Indeed. Because you get three of them on this hike. Yes. Lots of tall trees and, yeah, lots of lush rainforest. Yeah. It's beautiful. But it is kind of a... Like the, I found it with Tassie as well. Like we do this in WA where there's a lot of shorter trails that they then link up yeah. into one big trail. So this is Russell Falls track and the Tall Trees Walk and the Lady Baron Walk. Just all rolled into one. Yeah. So I'm, I always think that, you know, they should just be called the one circuit name. Mm. But they do that this thing which WA does as well, where they'll cut it into smaller pieces and say, oh, it's this walk. I've provided you with four trails, yeah. but really it's just one. Yeah. Um, and But what we don't do in WA is in Tassie, they have the wooden signs to say this place half an hour that way, and that's how you navigate. Yeah. Whereas in 
WA would probably stick like eight different varieties of a trail marker on the same tree and you've got to follow like one color yeah, yeah. depending where you're going. I quite like the Tassie way because it does break it up quite a bit. And I like I like the style of their signs. Mm. I think that they, they look cool. Yeah, I think because this one is coming out for on my website tomorrow in recording time um and i just noted around russell falls just felt like jurassic park a little bit yeah it does have that feel mainly because of the amusement park style of jurassic park like that kind of fakeness that we're recreating the you know the rocks here and the signs are all you know a bit kitschy (laughs) and i just i just had that feeling when i was just hiking around russell falls but it does have a feel that you could imagine a dinosaur running through. Mm. Like it has that rainforest, Gondwanery kind yep. of feel about it. I can imagine Don stopping in the ferns and being like, clever girl. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then no more Don. <laughs> um, but you said in your one that um, Russell Falls was one of your favourite waterfalls in Tassie. Yeah, I think so. Because it's a very elegant waterfall. You know, it has, it's, it's quite tall. Um, it looks beautiful. It's two-tiered. Um, it just has a classically beautiful waterfall look about it. And I think, you know, there's different types. There's the type of ones where they've got that kind of sloping falls or ones that are sort of really heaps of, you know, higgledy-piggledy rocks. Mm. And, but this is just, it's so elegant in the way it falls. And it, the fact that it's so easy to access because it's, it's wheelchair accessible to Russell Falls, mm. it just, um, it's, I think it's one that, it's worth everyone seeing and it's and you can see why it's so beloved as you know as a classic tasmanian waterfall yeah indeed when i was there it was a thursday afternoon and it was just packed with people yeah just yeah so accessible for everyone to experience a little bit of tassie like if you don't have the body to hike up and down hills you can just go to russell falls and it's you know one of the better waterfalls in tassie that you can experience yeah now, I'm going to disagree with you on the next waterfall on this one, Horseshoe You Falls. don't like it? No, because you said it was the least favorite of your of the three on the, the hike. Yes. It, it was is. my favorite oh. of the three. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, like, I looked at the photos, and they're quite similar photos in terms of the amount of waterfall or water falling. Yeah. Yeah. Because you said you like the elegance of Russell Falls. I like the chaos of oh, okay. Horseshoe Falls, where you've right. got water coming from different directions. Yeah, it hits the rocks and then it goes off. And yeah, I like that section of it. Fair Whereas enough. You did not. You <laughs> thought it was a bit boring. <laughs> I thought it was okay. I mean, I, I like, I mean, the thing is, look, if it was WA, I'd consider that probably one of the best in WA. Mm. Um, but. It, yeah, to me, I, I much preferred Russell's sort of gi- you know gigantic elegance. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, and you didn't elect to do the tall trees loop on this one, did you? You went straight through to Lady Baron. Yeah, we. I mean, we did a little bit. We went to that that lookout where they have that uh, thing to measure the height of mm. the trees, but we didn't really follow the whole thing. Um, but the trees are as described. <laughs> they are very tall. Very tall. <laughs> Um, yeah, I actually, because I did, instead of just going straight, I didn't do the whole loop because I would have had to have backtracked, but I did the little side, I guess you could call it like divot. Yep, okay. Yeah, um, <laughs> through there. And it's really quite cool. There's a few information boards telling you um, one of your favorite explorers or pronunciations of explorers. 
um, Don Castro. Oh, Don Tracasto. Don Tracasto. Um, he described them in quite a beautiful way. And then it's really sad because he saw them in the 1600s and he said that we should never be cutting them down and they lose all their beauty as soon as man comes in. And what do we do? We come in and down. we cut them all down. Yeah. But, I mean, at least the ones here are protected. It is World Heritage mm. and these are massive. I think they're like 400 years old, you know, yeah. Patricio, if not more. Probably even more than 400 if Don Tricastel saw them. Yeah, and just amazing that you look up and the first branches are like 30, 40 meters. Yeah. Most trees are done. That's their canopy. Yep. It's just, yeah, baffling to think about how huge they are. They really remind me a lot of the Cary Forest. You mm. know, I think there's a photo I took here of like a fern, like a mother f- shield fern, and the, because uh, they're, they're mountain ashes, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they they have different names depending mm. on where, where you are. The Victorian name is Mountain Ash, but they look like, they look so much like a carry, you know, these, mm. these tall, gigantic trees. Um, and then you get the ferns next to them and all the moss. And it's, mm. yeah, you can see, I always like to see it as like a window into Gondwana of what would have been there when yeah. we were all like that. <laughs> and covering the whole island as well. Yeah. That would have been crazy. Um, yeah, and then moving on to Lady Baron Falls, a little bit of a, a walk there. Maybe. Yeah, it's the furthest away of the three. Yeah, and as I found out, the least popular <laughs> for people. <laughs> yeah. Although that may have been the uh, the rain shower that I got um, scared everyone <laughs> away. Ah, right. Because there is right near the Tall Trees Walk is that car park where you cross the road. Um, there was a lot of people scattering to their cars there while I continued on. But... Again, looking at the photos, I think your visit, you had a lot more water coming through, which maybe explains why it was ranked above horseshoe balls (laughs) in your waterfall measurements. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I think it's, it's, it has, it's a smaller waterfall than, than Russell, but it does have an elegance about it, which Mm. I think the, the Lady Baron kind of name seems rather apt. (laughs) Yeah. I remember there, I was there and I was looking at it and I just felt like such a horrible person because I was like, if that tree branch wasn't overhanging in that area... Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Someone should cut that down so I can view it a little bit. (laughs) I was like, God, I sound like such a tourist. (laughs) But it does add something to the photo as well. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's a cool little spot. You've got a little platform there to rest on and you know nice tripod uh, point yeah and then the climb out from just a bit beyond there like it follows the creek and then it really climbs out yeah that's quite an engineering task what they put up there because it's not just stairs it's stairs placed on the mountain yeah or the hill if that makes sense like it's a full structure in itself it's not just dug into the the hill yeah it's quite a cool thing to photograph but Again, it's the end of your hike and you've got to hike up, what is it, like 100-odd metres or 80 metres? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And then we get to your, your favourite part of the hike. With the part that reminds me of Western Australia. Yes. The, bur- <laughs> the burnt forest. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. I, 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 at this stage, had not been home to WA for like four months. Mm. And I saw all this burnt forest. I said to Lisa, look, it reminds me of WA. <laughs> Because I, I took a photo of it and I sent it to you guys, like, to remind you of anything, Don? <laughs> yep. Uh, and, you know, it was one of those things that I think the comedy of having not been home for the whole summer mm. and then seeing it would just added that extra um, heartwarming reminder of, of where home is. Yeah. <laughs> 
in a weird way. Yeah. And, and then, then from there we should move on to the Alpine walks, which yes. I think are another thing altogether. Yes, they are. So Mountfield's quite special and it has the rainforest walks and the waterfalls, but then you drive up the the mountain and you get these beautiful uh yeah, alpine regions. Mm. So you didn't do Mountfield East, did you? No. No, we only had time for two, so it was Lady Baron and Tarnshelf. Mm. So Mountfield East is the first that you'll come across on the road um, to Lake Dobson. So this one I did before Lady Baron, so I thought I'd get there in the morning um, when all the mist was around. And it's a beautiful, beautiful hike. You start off climbing quite a lot. So from the car park up to the summit of Mount um, Field East is the bulk of the climbing for the day. I think it's about... 450 vertical meters from the car park up and you pass there's Beatty's Tarn which is a really small little lake and then you go past Lake Nichols which has a I'm gonna say functional hut it's not great to look at and it's not particularly inviting when you're inside but, but it's in one of those emergency shelter yeah ones, so you're yeah. only meant to use it if you're you know in trouble and you know need somewhere to stay um, but it has beautiful views of Lake Nichols, and it had it in the morning light. It was, you know, everything was blue. There was a few clouds around. It was quite magical. And then more scree kind of bouldering as you get on Tassie hikes and up through the Pandani Grove, which I think was the first time I'd seen Pandani. Did they have some on Hearts Peak? Because I think there oh, was yeah, some yeah, in there. Yeah, sorry, there was. But this was kind of like a big thicket. Oh, like a sustained yeah, Pandani. Yeah, Hearts Peak kind of just had like a little section. Um, yeah, it kind of, it contrasts well, and it reminds me of grass trees. Yeah, I, th- I feel like they have the same sort of niche in yeah. the landscape. And just the way that they shed their leaves, because um, I'm riding up Tarn Shelf at the moment, and yeah. I just, there was one section which we'll get to later, and yeah, they just drop their leaves, but they don't quite drop. They stay attached to the plant. Uh, but yeah, and then once you get out onto the plateau, um, Mountfield East is it doesn't have a lot of prominence. It just looks like a rubble pile <laughs> <laughs> from the the plateau there. Um, yeah. But it is quite cool. They've got because you've got views back towards Hobart, which is really cool. Um, you, you can see Mount Wellington in the distance, and then you look back towards where is uh, where Tarn Shelf is and those the Colway Range and those mountains there and I could see snow on them and I was got a little bit excited yeah <laughs> um, and then you walk on the windy moors which is more alpine felt very open um, as I wrote in my um, blog post I was like I was just waiting for the Rohirrim to muster <laughs> yeah. um, it just felt like it was really windy um, kind of New Zealand-esque alpine territory yeah um, and then, yeah, from there, more foresty, like dry forests, we, the beautiful snow gums. I just love the patterns that oh, they have. Such beautiful trees, aren't trunks. they? Yeah. And then, yeah, so you're above Lake Fenton and you can see beautiful views out towards the mountains. And then you go up to Seeger's Lookout, which takes a bit of rock scrambling and is a fair side trip, but well worth it. Um, you get 360-degree views. And then back down, which I thought the finish, once you get to Lake Fenton, wasn't that fantastic. Like, you got a good snow gum forest, but there's a lot of road walking. And then it was just kind of, you know, the forest that you started in, which was good, but by then you kind of wowed out. Yeah, it's all the same it, yeah. by that point, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so moving on from that one, if you keep driving along the road, which I think is Lake Dobson Road, 
you get to Lake Dobson. Yep. And this is the start of the Tarn Shelf and quite a lot of other mountainy hikes. Yeah. So the, the network up there is really extensive, and there's a lot of choose your own adventure options here. Mm. So the Tarn Shelf is is probably the the most popular option here. But you can do you know there's like the higher one that takes you to Mount Field West and things like, like that. The K Cole one as well. Yeah. Yeah. This I must say is my favorite day walk in Tasmania. Yeah. The Tarn Shelf. Okay. I think. It's um, it'd be in my top ten in Australia. I'll say that. Yeah, that's deserved. It is. It has so much going for it. Like it's a good length. The scenery is just stunning. Yeah, great views. Alpine, plenty to see, and your favorite uh, type of pine as well. Oh yes, I love the pencil pines. It has two of my favorite trees ever: pencil pines and snow gums. Yeah, and. Heaps of them as well. And you got to experience it in probably peak period as well in autumn, didn't you? Yeah, because they have the turning of the Fagus as well. So we saw... The, the thing that's fantastic about it is this, it's just this extended walk through alpine uh, terrain mm. with all these tarns that have been carved by glaciers. And then in autumn, you just get these fields of orange, yellow, and red just on the mountainside. And it's just breathtaking. Yeah, I can't recommend this hike enough yeah it's uh, it's got so much going for it i think you got it in the best condition it could probably be in i think i got it in some <laughs> of the worst conditions it could be in yeah so i obviously had autumn leaves sunny day what did you have um i was heading towards summer so it was early november um there was a weather warning out that day um it was going to be windy rainy during the day and then it was snowing um in the alpine regions at night and I kind of armed and nod whether I wanted to do it, but I was like, you know what, I've been up Bluff Knoll and the Stirling Ridges when it's been really windy, I'll be fine. You know, if it looks to be going bad, I can always turn around, make a decision at the base of the climb. Um, but yeah, it was really, really overcast. Um, my favorite word that I remember saying over and over again was buffeting. Because <laughs> <laughs> on the actual tarn shelf itself, it was so windy that... I, like I couldn't keep my footing at times. Like if I was walking, wow, I was being blown off track. Um, either way, I really had to make sure I nailed the landing on all the rocks. Otherwise, yeah, it's all all rock. There's no soil and a lot of that. Yeah, so I had to pick where I was gonna go and like hold myself when it got really windy. It was, it was fun, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just like halfway through walking through the tarns, I was like, right, I just have to get out. Um, I can't be on these rocks anymore um, just trying to find like a sheltered place but then it cleared up um, I ran into an Inspiration Outdoors group that had gone to do the Tarn Shelf and then turned back because it was too windy and um, blowy so I caught them up and then it just fined up like it's still a little bit windy but then the sun came out and it actually was quite nice for the rest of the hike Yeah, there are three huts along the walk mm. that can be used for shelter yeah. So there's, I mean, that that does give you a chance to escape the worst of the inclement weather if you are stuck in it. So yeah, between the second hut, which I think is Newdigate Hut, that's where I got the bulk of the weather. And I thought, you know what, I'll just keep going. It'll probably get better. So I didn't really have a reason to stop any of them. <laughs> yep. I actually think I walked into Newdigate Hut and I was just like, you know what, this is a bit creepy. There's wind, lots of weather around, lots of wind. It's, you know, graying over it don't really want to be in here <laughs> yeah fair enough yeah where uh you know the boogeyman can murder me um but yeah you mentioned the the huts there they are 
spectacular. And the first one, Twilight at Twilight Tarn, yeah, is just like a throwback into you know years gone past, and they've kept it that way, which I like. Yeah, for sure. And you're allowed to camp not in the hut, but you can camp around there. Mm. Um, so a lot of people do this as like an overnight, and they'll stay up at Twilight Tarn mm. and then do the do that as a two day circuit. Mm. And they have a toilet near there as well. So it's, yeah, it's, it's well set up to be done as a fairly low key overnight. Mm. And they've, yeah, kept a lot of the relics from when it used to be a ski. Yeah, club. it's pretty cool, the stuff in there, isn't it? Yeah. I thought I would, because I'd seen your photos, I knew what to expect. But I was like, I wonder if it's going to be as creepy as it feels. But I actually enjoyed it quite a bit, just seeing like the, all the forks laid out, and then you've got the skis next to the fireplace. Um, the other room where you had the the bunks and everything that was a little bit creepier. <laughs> yeah, and there's like a room that they've hammered shut yeah. in the back there, and that's a little bit creepy as well. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's beautiful, and they've got the photos all up on the walls of you know what it used to be like, and people enjoying you know the trips from Hobart. I think they took the train out and then got horses to come up. Oh right, um, that would have been quite an effort back yeah. in the day. Apparently, they used to be able to... The lake used to freeze over and they used to ski on there, but it hasn't for a very long time. <laughs> yeah, I doubt it will with uh, climate change. Nope. Yep. Yeah, that would yeah be a wintry paradise. Yeah. You can see why people wanted to get out there and you know spend a winter there, even though it would have been cold. Mm, for sure. Yeah. Um, and then, what are we looking at? So, you obviously did the Tarn Shelf. Did you have thoughts of going up to K-Cole and doing the Rodway Range as well? We did, but we didn't have the time. And it was it was kind of a hot day. It was very, you know, no cloud, very exposed. There's no tree cover mm. for a lot of it. Um, so, we were, you know, ready to, to call it a day. How about yourself? I guess too inclement? <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about it. Um, I probably wouldn't have done it even if it was fine just because I wanted to do the official Tarn Shelf yeah. circuit. But had I have stayed for another day in the area, I probably would have gone up to Mountfield West and probably done K-Cole on the Rodway Range as well. Yeah. Just because like, looking at it from down below, you're like, oh, that looks it that does looks look pretty fun. cool. <laughs> yeah. And that's where all the snow was. Um, yeah. Got, I think I took... On this hike, I took like 1,600 photos and I edited <laughs> wow. up 240-odd. And a lot of them are just that view as you're walking along the tarn shelf of yeah. the mountains and the snow. and yeah. So even with the inclement weather, you thought this was an amazing walk? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I don't, and like, even in whiteout conditions, I probably would have still enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, having the views. That's a good thing about it being windy is the clouds disappeared quite quickly once yeah. they were up there so i did get the views looking over lake seal yeah um which after the disappointment of platypus tarn early on i yeah. didn't want to do the side trip because i knew there was going to be no seals down there <laughs> <laughs> for sure uh, so a walk that i didn't do which is nearby but not part of mountfield national park was marriott falls which you've done Yes, it's just near one of the towns um, just off the highway and it's a bit of a weird hike. You follow the river for a little bit and then you come to this open grassland area which had a, guessing, a farming purpose back in the day but the local man care group have started to rehabilitate it and then you get really stuck into rainforest 
um, shortish section to the falls, but really enjoyable. And then Marriott's Falls itself is kind of like Snug Falls on steroids. Okay. <laughs> it's a lot taller. Um, there's a tree, which I think from research fell in 2015, but it provides a nice photo feature right. um, to the falls. An artfully fallen tree. Yeah. Um, looks quite nice. And there's like lots of little areas down near the, the stream that comes off that you can explore. Um, I really enjoyed it. I think it was a late afternoon hike for me. And then getting back to my Airbnb, it was just a nice end to the day. Um, but yeah, I highly recommend it. If you're going to do Mount Field, is it's not too far away. It's maybe 10 or 20 minutes drive. Make sure you check out Marriott's Falls as well. Cool. Might do that next time in the area. Yeah. Yep. And then from there, we will skip on and we'll go to Lake St. Clair, Cradle Mountain area. Yeah. So because of how long the park is and because it goes through the middle, we'll talk about Lake St. Clair first and then talk about some of the stuff on the West Coast and then move up to Cradle Mountain. So at Lake St. Clair, you know, most people know it probably for the overland mm. and there's walks that you can do like for example you could take the ferry across to narcissus and then walk back along the lake you know that's a nice walk it goes along the lake there's a lot of rainforest through there there's the really beautiful echo point hut there so that's that's a nice option but if you really press for time then the short walks there are really an, an enjoyable but you know they're not they're not epic, mm. but they're a good little stroll to do. Yeah. So good you, to kind of stretch your legs and see the area rather than just go to a lookout. and. Exactly. So Alyssa and I went there as basically because we, when we did the Overland, we didn't really get to see the area because, you know, when you see a side trip and you've finished an eight-day hike, mm. you're not really interested <laughs> at yeah. that point. We just want to finish and have, you know, a putt, 10 on a plate. Yeah. So we went and did that sort of area there and there's two there's a walk there called the lake sinclair short walks which includes two it's like a figure eight walk there's the platypus bay loop and and the la mer remina tabelti which is an indigenous name and it's an aboriginal heritage walk so the way i suggest doing it is basically you walk up the overland track to rivers meet you do the platypus um bay loop and then come back and do the Aboriginal Heritage <laughs> Trail. What was it again, Don? It was the La Mer Remina Tabelti. Yep. Well, bless you. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, so the, the platypus one, if you get up early enough, you might see a platypus. We didn't see a platypus. Yeah. I will probably never see a platypus, I reckon. I'm in that boat too, yeah. Yep. Uh, Rivers Meat is cool. And then the Aboriginal Heritage Trail has um, has these like plaques that have information about mm. the Aboriginal heritage of the area, area and uh, how terrible, I guess, the colonial powers were to yeah. the Aboriginals. It's um, yeah, it's quite shameful. Because um, they pretty much wiped them out, didn't they? Pretty much, it was yeah. you know, it's like it was attempted genocide, basically. Yeah, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> not, nothing to be proud of there. No. Um, but yeah, you know, it's a it's an interesting walk with a lot of information about what the people used to do when they lived in this area. It's it's worth doing. I, I enjoyed it. It was my last walk for 2018. It was a nice way to finish the year. Mm. Well, there's still plenty of walks in the area that you can get to do. Um, yeah. Right. So if you have time, you know, if we had time, we would have done the Shadow Lake Circuit or the Mount Rufus Circuit. Mount Rufus, I really want to do. That's 
I like the name Mount Rufus. It sounds funny. Yep. <laughs> so sounds like uh, a dog's name. It Rufus. does. You know, it just makes me think of of wallabies, sort of Rufus head wallabies. Yeah. So yeah, it's something that we would probably do in the future. Um, but moving on from there, uh, heading up along the Lyle Highway, there's you know there's heaps to explore here. There's so much that Alyssa and I did a road trip up this coast and. You know, we were limited. We we did Frenchman's Cap, so we were pretty tired. Didn't want to do too many walks, but there was so many. Like basically, just driving down there, and there'll be like uh, this one, like Donaghy's Mill, on, on the side of the road. There's uh, Montezuma Falls, which is the tallest waterfall, which we didn't do because we were told that they hadn't had rain for a while, so it might be a bit crap. Uh, yeah. And then there's there's this one just outside of Queenstown that is walking along like the like a cliff. It's there's like this um platform that's attached to the side of the i think i saw this recently and yeah. does it lead to a waterfall it leads to a waterfall yeah and it's just like insane um and then as you keep driving up the coast there's just all these mountains everywhere and mm. some of them are just as impressive as some of the famous ones and they just have a low key you know like oh yeah here's a walk trail up the mountain yeah yeah no big deal yeah. um, typical tassie just don't know how lucky they are exactly like in in wa we would be lucky to have you know any of these mountains i, I will take you know i'll take three of your crappy ones that no one cares about yeah <laughs> we'll know? exchange it for a nice beach <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly um but what we did go to was basically because montezuma falls was going to be crappy we went instead to the Tarkin, which was cool. So we went to Coroner, which is this old town that's right by the river. I think it was like a logging, like a milling town or mm-hmm. a mining town. And it's kind of like for Western Australians, it's a bit like Donnelly River Village in terms of like it's been converted to like this touristy kind of place mm-hmm. uh, with all these huts along, you know, these sort of um, like loggers huts that have been turned into accommodation. And there's a few walks through here. We, there's the the Hue and Pine Walk, which is a unremarkable walk that somehow is a mm. um, a great day walk. Yeah. Um, you basically just follow a boardwalk to a Hue and Pine, and it's not that impressive a Hue and Pine, but it's wheelchair accessible, so that's probably why it got there. Yeah. Um, but the better walk there, I think, was the White River Track, which is a nice loop that goes um, up along the river and then to one of the tributaries. And then back to uh, to Coroner, and that's a lovely, easy walk. You know, through rainforest, you can see why there's you know there's plans to try and make a multi-day walk. Bob Brown's really pushing for it mm. because you know this area is really lovely. Um, there's a lot of mining in between there, so like the drive into town was horrible. <laughs> yeah, because um, they've got the uh, the Save the Tarkine kind of movement going now. Yeah, because people want to cut it down and yeah. it's, it's crazy when you see it you know it's it's unbelievable that they want to cut it down mm. um so yeah i really think that it's it's worth seeing and this was a nice taster like listen i saw this as a let's go have a bit of a taste for it if we like it we'll come back again and we liked it so we'll come back again yeah so from there we move on to probably what is the probably most underrated part of Tasmania? Yeah, probably like, the part that no one ever goes to. Yeah, very and, little information about. Yeah, no, you know, you don't get tour buses there, yeah. and that is Cradle Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> and this is, you know, we we visited this area before as part of the Overland, yeah. which we've talked about in an earlier pod. But the thing here is that the network is 
just like Mount Field, it's a very complex network. So you can do a lot of different choose-your-own-adventures here. Mm. Um, probably the most famous walk in this area, day walk, that is not on the overland, surprisingly, is the Dove Lake Circuit, which is a super easy walk. It's like mostly flat. Mm. Um, but the whole time, it's just basically um, Instagrammable shots <laughs> of... Cradle Mountain in action. Yeah, I know you were excited to get certain shots from this uh, this hike because you are a bit of an influencer on Instagram. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess uh, in in a in a very minor like I'm probably like a tenth grade uh, influencer. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so this was yeah, it's still cool to get those shots though. Oh yeah, you know, like as as like cliche as some of them were. Like I said to Alyssa, you know, like this. There's ones where, like, there's, you know, you can walk down to a beach and you can see it and you can get the shot that's like, oh, I've just stumbled upon Cradle Mountain <laughs> and it's completely contrived and, yeah. you know, rubbish, but it's cool. It's a yeah, cool shot. Still want it. <laughs> um, and of course, this has the famous boat shed that everyone photographs. Mm. Uh, we were outstandingly lucky because the, the sky was clear. And also, we'd arrived... So, if you want to get into the park, I really recommend going as early as possible. Mainly because the tourist masses get out at 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock is the tourist o'clock. Yeah, it's the adventure dawn rule. It is the rule. You know, if you go to any tourist site that's popular, 10 o'clock is when they'll all, all be out. Before then, you can have the park to yourself. So, we arrived at like 8 something in the morning. I think it maybe even earlier. And if you arrive early, you beat the first bus and you're allowed to drive right to Dove Lake. So normally you can't drive right up to there, but if you're there early enough, you can. And so we were the first people of the day to walk the Dove Lake circuit. I know that because we pushed through a lot of cobwebs <laughs> and because of it, I was able to get the boat shed shot without a million people in it because mm -hmm. we walked past it later in the day. And there were a lot of people there, like just the tourist masses, just like you know, getting their phones on, getting their selfies and mm -hmm. and then standing in the photo. So like not just standing on the beach looking at the, the boat shed, but being beyond the boat shed and being ruining people's photos. Yeah. Just like, yeah, yeah. you're just but thoughtless. You knew what to do, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the other walk to do in the area, of course is Cradle Mountain itself. So this is, it's a, there's a number of approaches. There's a lot of, you know, it's a choose your own adventure. Um, but the nice, I think the nice way to do it is to go past Wombat Pool. Wombat Pool is very similar to what you can expect of somewhere like Walls of Jerusalem, I think, or further along the overland. So it's a cool place to check out. And then you have the really steep climb up to Marion's Lookout. Mm. And that's you know, another classic view of the mountain. Um, when we did the overland here was when the clouds parted and, you know, we saw the mountain. Yeah, which um, I think is our uh, Facebook cover photo. Yeah, it is. Um, I, the photos we had were in some way, quote unquote, better this trip, mm. but I don't like them as much as the dramatic. Yeah, it certainly has a lot more feel and like atmosphere, the first one that you took. For sure. Yeah. However, the first time I didn't get to the summit itself. Because just as we got to the last, I got to the last hurdle, just this huge wind came in and all these clouds blew in and it was just like, I couldn't see anything. Mm. It was dangerous. I got down. Um, but on this occasion, 
it was the best of both worlds that I got my nice dramatic photos last time and this yeah. time I got to get to the summit. Yeah. And the cool thing about the summit is because, you know, Cradle's quite prominent and it's quite centrally located is that you can see all these other mountains. So you can see, you know, we could see French, I could see Frenchman's Cap. I could see the other mountains of the overland. I could see the walls of Jerusalem from there. And it's just, it's awesome to, to be there and to be able to see everything around you. So mm. definitely, you know, it, it lives up to its reputation. It's probably one of my favorite mountain walks. Um, the second time around, Alyssa didn't want to join me, so I just ran up the mountain. Uh, my knee, my, I did it in very, very quick time, yeah. um, much less than they suggested it was required. But my knees were hurting for a month after from the running. <laughs> it was worth it though, right? Oh, it was worth it. And, and people were like, holy crap, this guy yeah. is just running up Ult the mountain. Ultra marathon. <laughs> I just, I thought, well, if Alyssa's not going to join me, I'm going to do it as fast as possible. And yeah. Yeah, I, I love that mountain. It's it's one of my favorites anywhere in Australia. Um, and then finally, the last thing I'll talk about is Walls of Jerusalem. So if you're super keen, you can do there and back on Walls of Jerusalem as a day hike. And How, how keen do you have to be, though? Well, uh, well keen enough to want to do like 600 meters in the first three kilometers, 600 meter vertical ascent. Mm. Decent gradient right there. Yeah, it is. Uh, so the thing I'll say w about it is it's very much a all the challenges in the start and then it's easy going from there. So, I mean, if you think about how long Tan Shelf is, which is, you know, it's like, what, 17 Ks or something like that? Like mm, it's 16, 15, so yeah. In that sort of, you know, mid-teens mm. range, you know, walking to Mount Jerusalem makes sense as a day walk. It's you know it's a bit longer than that, but you mm. could if you started early and finished later, it's a it's a good one. Yeah. Um, and you can see basically the greatest hits of the area in the one day. Mm. I think it's nicer as a multi day, but if you don't have the time and you just want to see Mount Jerusalem, Mount Jerusalem is an outstanding mountain. It's easy once you're in once you've got over that initial climb into the park, mm -hmm. and the scenery is. I'd say very similar to Tarn Shelf in that there's a lot of tarns, but then the inner walls of Walls of Jerusalem is like one of the probably the most beautiful things in Tasmania, and it's it's definitely worth seeing given that it was very close to catching fire this year. Yeah, I think go see it. Go see the beautiful pencil pine forest that's near Dixon's Kingdom. Um, it's yeah, it's outstanding. It's a beautiful walk, and if you only have time do it as a day hike but if you have the time do it as a three day which we've also talked about in an earlier pod yes indeed so that pretty much wraps up our experiences with tassie day walks mm -hmm. um obviously there are plenty more out there oh so many more <laughs> and i guess if you were to make a list i'm guessing it would be three figures deep in terms of trails left because just the the tassie 60 great day walks list that the parks um, department has is 60 walks that's quite a, a large amount yeah i mean i know you're certainly looking at ones that weren't even on that list saying, even ton shelf's not on there which yeah. is insane but the pandani grove circuit yeah that you walk on to get there is um <laughs> yeah i mean tassie is a huge place and it is blessed with a lot of natural beauty and kind of lovely forest that hopefully will remain untouched for quite a while but you never know 
we yep. did have the fires recently that devastated the the whole state for over a month now yeah so you know there were photos of like lake rona which has its own uh, its own track there mm. and just seeing how badly that was burnt was you know really sad especially because we we read about rona who the lake was named after mm. it just felt like it was her property that we saw burnt yeah and yeah it's it, it was very depressing but there's so much you know like there will be so much there that is not burnt that mm. you can go and do yeah and obviously, if you want to read all about uh, the adventures and see some photos, we will be linking them. But uh, both yep. our blogs, Life of Pi and The Long Way is Better, contain a wealth of information. Yeah, I think, I think collectively we have, like, what, over 20 day walks? I think I did 14 or 15, so we've probably got closer to 30 now. Yeah, I think I'm not quite, haven't done quite as many because oh, I've done more. And we have overlaps as well, so probably yeah. about 20. Yeah, yeah same that makes 20. sense. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so if you're planning a trip to Tassie, we hope you're listening to this podcast and uh, yeah, definitely recommend going and checking out the websites for more info. Yeah, definitely. Thank you everyone for listening. If you had any questions or suggestions for future pods, please send us an email at realtrailtalk at gmail.com or message us on Facebook or Instagram. And if you're enjoying this pod, please give us a rating on iTunes, Podbean or whatever platform you're currently listening to us on thank you for listening and we'll be back in two weeks